Amen. Thank you, Calvin and Amanda and Lori. That really moved my heart because I'm not worthy to stand behind this pulpit because God just keeps picking me up and I keep letting him down just like the song said, but he's such a good God. Amen. Amen. Turn your Bibles to John chapter 19. John chapter 19. And we're going to read one verse. Verse number 30. John chapter 19 and verse number 30. When Jesus therefore had received the vinegar, he said, it is finished. And he bowed his head. He gave up the ghost. The last thing that Jesus did before giving up the ghost was that he bowed his head. John the Apostle, at the end of his gospel, that the Lord give him to write, wrote if the heavens could, if the world could contain everything that's been written, I suppose everything that Jesus did, the world couldn't contain it. And yet here he writes something that is so important with all the other things that could have been written. He writes this, John 19, 30, when Jesus therefore had received the vinegar, he said, it is finished. And he bowed his head and gave up the ghost. Here's a picture of humility, obedience, submission. When I read over this the last couple of weeks, God spoke to my heart. It's the only place in scripture where this is recorded. None of the other gospels record this statement. Only John recorded it. And I think God wants us to glean some truth from it. Christ was all of these things when he bowed his head, humility. He had done everything. He had defeated all the forces of evil for eternity at the cross. He could have lifted up his head in victory and looked up to the heavens and said, I'm coming, Lord. Receive my spirit. And he could have gone into paradise. But instead he bowed his head. The last act that he ever did with this body, that he bowed his head and gave up the ghost. When Jesus was in the garden of Gethsemane, he said concerning the cross, Father, if thou be willing, remove this cup from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but thine be done. Three of the other gospel passages concerning his death. Turn to Matthew chapter 27. Matthew 27. And we'll read a few verses there. Matthew chapter 27. And beginning in verse 44. We're going to read a couple of verses here, but let's have a word of prayer. Father, we're so thankful, Lord, for your goodness. Thank you for Calvary, Lord. When I consider, Lord, that all the love that you had for us, the world could could not contain the books that could be written. And Lord, when you came to the end of it, Lord, you humbled yourself and, and bowed your head in obedience to the Father's will. 
What a magnificent God we serve, Lord. Help us, Lord. I pray that you would fill me with your Holy Spirit, Lord. I, I can't do anything. I pray that you'd use me for these few moments, Lord. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. I know it's been a long week and I won't keep you long. Verse 44. The thieves also which were crucified with him cast the same in his teeth. Now from the sixth hour there was darkness over all the land unto the ninth hour. And about the ninth hour Jesus cried with a loud voice saying, Eli, Eli, lama sabachthani. That is to say, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Some of them that stood there when they heard that said, this man called for Elias. And straightway one of them ran and took a sponge and filled it with vinegar and put it on a reed and gave him to drink. The rest said, let be, let us see whether Elias will come to save him. Jesus, when he had cried again with a loud voice, yielded up the ghost. There's no mention of him bowing his head there. And then turn to Mark, Mark chapter 15. Mark chapter 15, and beginning in verse 33, Mark chapter 15 and verse 33. And when the sixth hour was come, there was darkness over the whole land until the ninth hour. And at the ninth hour, Jesus cried with a loud voice, saying, Eli, Eli, lama sabachthani, which is being interpreted, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? And some of them that stood by when they heard it said, Behold, he called for Elias. And one ran and filled a sponge full of vinegar and put it on a reed and gave him to drink, saying, Let alone, let us see whether Elias will come to take him down. And Jesus cried with a loud voice and gave up the ghost. No mention there of him bowing his head. And then Luke, Luke chapter 23, Luke chapter 23. And verse number 44. And it was about the sixth hour, and there was darkness over all the earth until the ninth hour. And the sun was darkened, and the veil in the temple was rent in the midst. And when Jesus had cried with a loud voice, he said, Father, into thy hands I commend my spirit. And having said thus, he gave up the ghost. No mention of him bowing his head. In John 19.30 is the only place, the only one that says he bowed his head. I think John noticed something that the other gospel writers missed. John being the apostle to witness close up the crucifixion and the one that the scripture records John as the one whom Jesus loved. The one who had his head on the breast of the Savior at the Last Supper. This man was so close to the Lord Jesus, and he noticed something that nobody else noticed. He noticed that he bowed his head and gave up the ghost. It must have moved John's heart to record that in Scripture for eternity. The one who depicts the deity of Christ, John. John noticed what humility, what obedience to the will of the Father when Jesus bowed his head before his heavenly father, he could have lifted it up toward heaven in glorious victory. Instead, he chose to bow his head in humility, obedience, 
to the Father's will. And when I think of it, there's many times I think of this just lately, and I bow my head and say, oh, God, you're so great, so humble. We lift up man while God lifted up his son to die for us and draw all men unto himself. We love to lift up man, don't we? Many of you may know, maybe not too many do know, who Audie Murphy is. He was a great hero during the Second World War. He received every military combat award for Val available from the U.S. Army, as well as French and Belgium awards for heroism. We hold this man up high in esteem. In the sports world, we are always lifting up men. Muhammad Ali, a professional heavyweight boxer, ranked as the greatest heavyweight fighter of all times and was nicknamed the greatest. Now, we know that's not true. There's only one that's the greatest, and that's Christ. He was full of pride, and when defeated opponent would lift up all his being in victory and, and jump up in the air and lift up his hands and stand over that opponent and look at him. Christ could have done that. Instead, he bowed his head. This September will mark 50 years since the Canada-Russia Summit Hockey Series took place. Some of you might remember that, 1972. It was the best players that Canada could send from the NHL against the best U.S. players that they had. Four games in Canada and four in the Soviet Union. It was an eight-game series which Canada thought they would take hands down. And all the reporters were talking, and the announcers were talking about how Canada was going to destroy Russia. The first game was won by Russia 7-3. Stunned the Canadians and the sports writers. The second game won, Canada won 4-1. The third game was a 4-4 tie. And the fourth game, Russia won 5-3, I believe. The Canadian fans were not happy and they started to ridicule the Canadian players. But a player named Phil Esposito with an emotional plea to the fans in Vancouver got the fans back on their side. In game five, now in Russia, Canada loses again, 5-4. The fans were still very supportive. Things were getting desperate, and Canadian, Canada had to win the next three games to win the series. The nations were watching. Our nation was glued to the set. It is estimated that two-thirds of Canada's population was watching either by TV or listening by radio. Canada won the sixth game by one goal scored by Paul Henderson, a forward for the Toronto Maple Leafs. The final score was Canada 3, Russia 2. The seventh game was won by Canada, 4-3. The final goal being scored by Paul Henderson. In the last game, Canada goes into the last period down two goals with a 5-3 score. They need three goals to win. They get two, and there is just over, it's a tie game, and there's just over one minute left. And they have a meeting in the center of the ice, and people are still talking about that. 
They had that meeting, what they were going to do. Russia was claiming victory if the game ended in a tie because they had more goals than Canada. Paul Henderson is on the bench, and they're playing with one just over a minute left. Play resumes, and Paul Henderson calls out to Peter Mahovlich, one of the forwards, one of his teammates on the ice, to come to the bench. The coach never said it, but Paul said, come to the bench. And Paul Henderson gets on the ice, heads for the net, and misses a shot at the puck and falls down behind the net, and there's less than a minute left. He gets up, and Phil Esposito picks up the puck and backhands it towards Paul Henderson. Paul shoots. The announcer, Foster Hewitt, screams out, Henderson has scored for Canada. There's only 43 seconds left. Canadians all over the country are in a frenzy. I can remember I was watching a small TV with six of my... uh, co-workers it was an afternoon game three o'clock in the afternoon this this goal was scored and we were all jumping up and we looked out I was on a high-rise apartment and people were running up and down the streets with flags it was it was unbelievable fans were going crazy Canadian press calls it the sports moment of the century in Canada the goal of the century of course Paul if you know Paul Henderson he got saved after this And now he goes around and he talks about uh, that goal. His shirt sold for $1.2 million. But now he says he renounces all that stuff and lifts up the name of Christ. Although he still likes to talk about it. But if he had a choice, he would lift up the name of Christ on a lonely hill outside the city gates. of Jerusalem hung a man on an old rugged cross bearing the sins of mankind beaten and bruised every bone out of joint his face marred more than any man's face was ever marred defeating the powers and rulers of darkness bringing destruction to the powers of evil and the wicked one obtaining the keys of hell and death and pays the price for the sins of mankind This is the pinnacle of time, the cross. Christ is the victor over death and the grave. The king of kings and lord of lords that created all things and hold all things together by his power. We're held together in this room by his power, by the power of God. He knows everything that's going on in this world. And God has given him into his hand judgment. A man of sorrows who had no place to lay his head, born in a manger, brought up in the carpenter's home, and son of a lowly lady named Mary. Turn to Isaiah, Isaiah chapter 53. Isaiah chapter 53. Here's this man that bowed his head, the last act that he did on this earth, that bowed his head before his heavenly father. Isaiah chapter 53 and verse 3. He's despised and rejected of men, a man of sorrows, acquainted with grief, and we hid, as it were, our faces from him. He was despised, and we esteemed him not. Surely he had borne our griefs and carried our sorrows, 
Yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and with his stripes we are healed. Oh, we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned every one to his own way. And the Lord hath laid on him the iniquity of us all. We are all guilty before a holy God. He was oppressed and he was afflicted. Yet he opened not his mouth. He's brought as a lamb to the slaughter. And as a sheep before his shears is dumb, so he openeth not his mouth. And the last act that he did when he bowed his head, he didn't even open his mouth. It was, he said, it's finished. The price is paid. Nothing else can be done. He was taken from prison and from judgment. And who shall declare his generation? Who shall declare his generation? We have to declare his generation to people. I talked to a man this afternoon in the store and give him a gospel track, talk to him about Jesus. He didn't know anything about Jesus. Here's a man that's in his 30s or his 40s, has no idea who Jesus is. We have to declare this generation that Jesus, for he was cut off out of the land of the living, for the transgression of my people was he stricken, and he made his grave with the wicked and with the rich in his death, because he had done no violence, neither was there any deceit in his mouth. Sinless Lamb of God that never sinned, that never sinned on the cross, even though our sin was laid on him. He was made a curse for us, but he never sinned. Even when he was on the cross, he was sinless. His blood was sinless that poured out. Messiah, Redeemer, Savior, Friend of sinners. Amen. Friend of sinners. Friend of me. Friend of a sinner like me. If I could take you back. To where I came from. And one cried unto another, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. Revelation 4.11 Thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power. For thou hast created all things. And for thy pleasure they are and were created. We are created for God's pleasure. Each one of us here tonight for God's pleasure. What kind of pleasure is he getting out of us? I hope it's good pleasure. I hope we're sold out to God. Like Cody said, stir us up, Lord. Stir us up. Put us a love of God in our heart. Romans 4, 11, for it is written, as I live, saith the Lord, every knee shall bow to me and every tongue shall confess to God. Would to God it would be that you bow your knee while you're still saved. When you get saved and you bow your knee to God, not when you die without Christ and die and go to a Christless eternity and bow to him there in a place called hell or bow at the, the great white throne judgment seat and then the angels come and cast you into the lake of fire.
The proudest man in this earth, the most defiant man is going to bow that knee to Christ. And he's worthy of it. Indeed, yes, every knee. Turn, uh, we're back uh, to John chapter 19. John chapter 19, verse 31. Right after he gave up the ghosts and bowed his head. They weren't finished. They seen that, that he called out and his father came. And he gave up the ghost. He didn't. Nobody took it. He gave it up. Nobody took it. I lay down my life, he said, and I have power to take it up again. Verse 31. The Jews, therefore, because it was the preparation that the bodies should not remain upon the cross on the Sabbath day, for that Sabbath day was a high day, besought Pilate that their legs might be broken and that they might be taken away, a cruel way of dying in agony. Then came the soldiers and brake the legs of the first and the other which was crucified with him. The saved and the unsaved were judged there. Both their legs were broken, the thief that was saved and the one that was lost. But when they came to Jesus and saw that he was dead already, they break not his legs. They knew he was dead. But one of the soldiers with a spear pierced his side. And forthwith there came there out blood and water. The only way that that can happen is if it's through the heart that the blood and the water is going to come out because of the, the liquid that's around the heart came out blood and water for us. Oh, what cruelty, man. A, a dead man. Christ is hanging on there. And they, they come along with that spear and jammed it up into his side. Oh, the price for our sin. He that saw it bear record, and his record is true, and he knoweth that he saith true, that ye might believe. On the cross, the spear went into his heart, and out of it came blood and water. The blood started to flow in Gethsemane, where great drops of blood and water from his brow, they whipped and beat him, and blood poured out even after his death. The blood ran out of his heart. All our sin was laid on him at Calvary, on the cross, it said that tradition that that man was moved after that he put that spear into his heart and some of the blood sprinkled out on his hands. Oh, aren't we guilty of his blood on our hands until we receive Christ? And it is through the preaching of the cross his death, burial, and resurrection, we can have eternal life. We are guilty, every one of us, for his sacrifice on the cross, guilty of innocent blood, but freed when we receive the free gift of God, eternal life through his son, Jesus Christ. His last moment, he made with his body for his death, he bowed his head and gave up the ghost. 
Is your heart not moved when you think of that? That Christ bowed his head before the whole world? Before his Father? The Apostle John records this absolutely all-inspiring move for us to take note of and humble ourselves before a holy God. Mary Magdalene, of whom Jesus cast out seven devils, recognized who Jesus was when she bowed down at his feet and washed his feet with her tears and kissed them. Isaiah chapter 52 and verse 7, How beautiful upon the mountains are the feet of him that bringeth good tidings, that publishes peace, that bringeth good tidings of good, that publishes salvation, that saith unto Zion, thy God reigneth. These feet that were nailed to the cross, they went from town to town, from village to village, from synagogue to synagogue, and preached the gospel. Jesus Christ preached the gospel. He must have been the greatest preacher that this world has ever seen. Wouldn't you love to have been there to hear Jesus preach? Oh, wow. His voice would be just like the rivers of water, full of the Holy Spirit. It's no wonder people said there's never a man lived like this man. I never heard a man like this. Even the, even the, the soldiers, uh, the, the Pharisees, they, they, they recognized that these were unlearned and ignorant men, but they had been with Jesus. They knew that Jesus was different. John the Baptist knew. Mark chapter 1 and verse 7, John the Baptist says, There cometh one mightier than I after me, the latcheth, of whose shoes I am not worthy to stoop down and unloose. He was not, he says, I'm not worthy to bend down and to tie up his shoes or to unloose his shoes. I'm not worthy to do that. Yet we did esteem him stricken of God and smitten. And we despised him. Mark 1.7, John the Baptist said these words. And then John 1.29, the next day John seeth Jesus come unto him and saith, Behold the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sin of the world. This man hanging on the cross, beaten and bruised, and mocked at and spit upon and whipped, and, this, and a spear put through his side, nailed his hands and his feet, and he's hanging there for us, that we might have eternal life. Behold the man of God that taketh away, the Lamb of God that taketh away the sin of the world. I knew it in 1978 when I got saved. When God worked in my heart, my sin came before me and I bowed my head and I asked God to save me. I asked Christ to save me and he gave me eternal life and I got up off that chair and all my sin was gone and I had to go and tell everybody about it. I knew who he was. It was Christ that saved me. I had to tell, I didn't go to my brother and, and uh, uh, friends in the uh, place that I worked or the bar and say, uh, God saved me. I said, Jesus saved me. He can save you. Do you know what he did for me? And people would listen. But after a while, they didn't want anything to do with you. Uh, he's gone off the deep end. Praise God for going off the deep end.
he's the only one that would ever save my soul. You know, uh, it's been said that if uh, you were the only one to live on this earth, that Jesus would come and die for you and go to the cross. And then someone said, well, if, if, it, is, if it is true, then, then who's going to nail him to the cross if you're the only one? Which makes a lot of sense. But what if the, out of the billions of people that ever lived, you were the only one that was going to get saved? Would Jesus come and die for those billions of people just so you could be saved? Yes, that brings it home to me. That he would die for everybody that ever lived just for one soul. And suffer all the agony and pain of all that sin so that that one could be saved. What a great Savior we have. Uh, God, God was trying to tell me that when I was in Israel. Paul, do you, do you see? Do you see what I paid for you? I'm sorry, Lord. I haven't seen all that you've done for me. Forgive me, Lord. And I'm still learning what he's done for me. No greater victor ever set their feet on this earth than the Lord Jesus Christ. When he was a little child and walked on this earth, he, he was the greatest one that ever set foot on this earth was the Lord Jesus Christ in human form, God in the form of man, and walked this earth. No greater victor has this world ever seen or ever will see. Well, we love to lift up leaders and countries and God lifted up his son on a cruel cross that we might have eternal life. Su suffered all the agony for us. Do you know him? The songwriter wrote, do you know him today? Please don't turn him away. For there will be a day, if you don't accept him, that he will have to turn you away. At the judgment seat, at the great white throne, I never knew you. Depart from me, ye that work iniquity. And they know what's coming because they know those that are in hell, they're going to be brought up before the great white throne judgment seat for their last judgment. And they're going to say, Lord, I know I've been burning in hell, but I really don't deserve it, Lord. I've been good. I was a good man when I was on, and I did many good things for you. And maybe they did. And nothing wrong with doing good works but that's not going to get you into heaven. And he's going to say, depart from me, I never knew you. Ye that work in equity. And those things are going to take place. That great white throne is going to take place. It's coming. That great white throne judgment is coming. Do you know him today? Please don't turn him away. Come to the Savior, make no delay. It's recorded. And the price is paid. And the Bible says in John chapter 10 and verse 35, the scripture cannot be broken. You can't break the scripture. Jesus paid the price. It's all paid for. It's finished. Everything points to Calvary. Every, everything from the past, Old Testament pointed to Calvary. Everything from the future points back to Calvary. It's all Calvary. It's the pinnacle. It's the pinnacle of time, Calvary. You can't get away from it. You go down the street and you see a lamppost. 
with a cross across it, a telephone pole with a cross. Everywhere there's a cross, you can see it. You can't hide it. The whole earth cries out, the cross, the cross. That's what we preach on here, isn't it? Every week, the cross, that's what we sing on every week, the cross that Jesus died on, that he paid the price on that cruel cross that we might have eternal life. And he bowed his head. Oh, God. He gave up the ghost. What a wonderful Savior. What an almighty God. Jesus said in John chapter 19 and verse 30, it is finished. And bowed his head and gave up the ghost. Some thought to think about. If it was recorded by John and he, he saw that and he said, I've got to record none of the other Gospel writers seen that. He's the only one that's seen that, that Jesus bowed his head and gave up the ghost. What a great Savior. Let's have a word of prayer. I'm going to ask that you stand and with your heads bowed and eyes closed, we're going to have an invitation time right now. And maybe God spoke in your heart. The altar's open if you want to come and pray. Lord is Savior. Maybe you're watching by way of internet, live stream, and you'd like to trust Christ as your Savior. Don't delay. You can give us a call here at Bethel Baptist Church, 426-8421. Give us a call. We'd be glad to share the gospel with you. You can do that at home. Bow your head and trust Christ as your Savior. Maybe there's someone here tonight you don't know for sure that if you were to die where you'd spend eternity. Don't fool around with God because you don't know what's happened. You've heard some testimonies that have taken place where people have refused and they've died that week. I can remember uh, in Toronto when I was working at a dairy and I just got saved and I talked to a man going out the door. I said, sir, do you know the Lord Jesus as your savior? And he said, I haven't got time for that right now. I've got plenty of time left. One week later, that guy passed away, died. There's many stories like that. You know stories like that. Maybe it's a story of your heart. Do what's right. Are you like that? Would you be willing to admit it? Would you say, yes, I need Jesus as my savior. It's so important. Would you hold your hand up and say, yes, I'd like to trust Christ as my savior. Anybody?